know, that song talks about trusting Jesus. One of the most powerful prayers you and I can pray is also one of the most difficult prayers to pray. And it sounds something like this. Jesus, I trust you. (laughs) That's easy to pray when everything's going well. But what about when things aren't going well? What about when tragedy comes, crisis comes? I think that's a great prayer for us to pray this morning. Would you just close your eyes with me today? And whether you whisper it or you speak it out loud, however you say it, it's a powerful prayer. Pray it with me. Jesus, I trust you today. Let's do it again. Jesus, I trust you today. Lord, help me to learn to trust you in the areas I'm not trusting you very well yet. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I'm so glad you're you're here today to be part of this historic service. You know, who would have thought uh, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, um, when we heard about a strange illness, that it would throw us into the life that we're now living and uh, with the results that we're now living. I just want to uh, update you on what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks so you'll know what to expect. We'll be in this uh, schedule through the end of June. Um, So we'll have 9 and 11. And then for those of you who are watching online, um, 11 o'clock live online, we'll be um, broadcasting there. So um, you'll know what to expect there. On campus we'll be both services and nursery and both services in our mother, mother's lounge is open if you need that. We'll reevaluate at the end of June and, uh, and figure out what we're going to do in July. You know, we're kind of taking a, a week at a time here. Uh, but I do want you to know next week is Father's Day. And there's been a special message on my heart for a few weeks now for dads. And so I want to ask you, or, or even uh, men in general, I want to ask you to make a special effort to be here next Sunday uh, for that service, uh, whether you're, you're in person or online, we're glad to have you. And uh, before we you know, jump right back into um, being open on campus every Sunday and everything just kind of life takes back over, I want to pause this morning and acknowledge a really special group of people um, in our church. Uh, you could see the work. You know, when our campus closed physically, our facilities team continued to work. And uh, haven't they done a fantastic job uh, on the building and all the work that they've done? We, we appreciate them. You guys have done an awesome job. And um, our pastoral staff um, have served, I'm telling you, nearly around the clock. Uh, uh, have just gone and gone sacrificially and worked with such passion. It's been very ex- inspiring to me. I'm very proud of our team And uh, if Kingwood is your home, you should be very proud of them. And then a whole group of leaders and volunteers. We've got teams we didn't even have before. You know, we've got got, uh, teams of people working behind the scenes this morning. We came here Thursday night to just kind of do a walkthrough on what today would be. We had 45 people here uh, for the walkthrough, and that doesn't include ushers and greeters and nursery and a whole lot of other things, just camera crew and production crew and online sound mixing and things I don't even understand. They just say, hey, it's good, we got it. And uh, I'm just telling you, a, a number of people have served with all their heart, and it has just inspired me greatly 
Would you just give all those folks a great big hand? They've done a beautiful job. We appreciate it. Well, a lot of things have changed. You know, you can't even go in Walmart the same way you used to. You kind of go down the, you know, around the thing, right? And then come in. And uh, everywhere you go, you came in this morning, you didn't enter church the same way. You know, people had masks on, and we did uh, a health check-in for all our volunteers before we started. I mean, life's just not the same. I, I, I went by the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, I thought, I'm just going to run by Zaxby's and jump in and get something to eat. And Zaxby's had signs of drive through only. And I thought, brother, this is the South. We need fried chicken. Like, we, you can't, you got to have the fried chicken places open but it just every every time every now and then I run into something probably like you do, and it reminds me things aren't normal yet. Uh, this isn't over. The pandemic isn't over. The the unrest in our country is not resolved yet. I mean, there's a lot of who knows how close we are. I mean, we're at the beginning, the middle, the end. Who knows? But things are not normal, uh, and a lot of things have changed. And so I want to talk about something this morning, though, that hasn't changed. Of all the things that have changed, there's a few things that haven't. And one of them is the vision of Kingwood Church. So I want to read to you this morning from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. And uh, I, I want to show you a message that the Apostle Peter had for a church who was in crisis. And here's what he said to them. So I will always remind you. Now I want you to catch that. I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. So in other words, there are some things that we need to be reminded of even if we already know them and even if we're already deeply established in them, we need to be reminded of them because they're so valuable that they don't need to be lost. So look at the rest of the verse. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. So, so why do we remind? We remind because there's some things so valuable that, that they're too valuable to lose. One of them is the vision of Kingwood Church. It's too important for us to lose it. So I think what, as I prayed and said, God, what, well, how do we do this? I think what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to remind us of why we're even a church. Why do we even exist? Why are we even here? What are we doing? What are we about? Are we just trying to get things back to normal? Or do we have a, do we have a bigger purpose? So two, over two, about two and a half years ago, 50 leaders from our church gathered to try to discern if God were to do at Kingwood Church everything he wanted to do. In other words, if Kingwood Church was the church God wanted it to be, what would it look like? Like, like, like why, what did he have in mind when he started this church? And after two years of prayer and discussion and discerning, what that team came up with is this. Kingwood Church's vision is to become a movement of hope for Shelby County and beyond. Now, why hope? Hope because it's what we're good at. Kingwood Church, if you've been a part of Kingwood Church for any amount of time, here's something you know about Kingwood Church. Kingwood Church has been through the fire, figuratively and literally on Scrooge's bed that was right here. Some of you, see what I did there? Some of you remember that. That's why we got some of this. We've been through the fire. 
People at Kingwood Church know that sometimes life hurts. Sometimes life can be painful. Sometimes things don't go the way you want them to go. Sometimes life doesn't go according to your plan or expectation. And when that happens, pain sets in. But there's one thing greater than pain, and it's hope. And when you have hope, hope will allow you to overcome and endure and persevere and even live victoriously in difficult times. So that's why hope. We may look different, but we're still a movement of hope. So if you got something to write with, let me give you four ways this morning that we will become a movement of hope. Number one, we must help people meet God. See, here's the truth that Scripture teaches us. Nobody will ever outgrow their need to meet God. Never. Every atheist, every agnostic, every skeptic, every baby Christian, every person who's walked with God since their earliest memory all have one thing in common. We all need to meet God. If you look at the Bible from Genesis where Adam and Eve sinned and were separated from God's presence, all the way through the death and resurrection of Jesus, all the way to the book of Revelation, when we shall gather together in heaven and see him face to face. And then the Bible says we will know him. All the way through Scripture is a line of God's priority of meeting people. What God wants more than anything else is every, sep- every barrier and every hindrance and every separation between us and Him to be removed forever. And that's what heaven is. We will be with Him. And so what we do in the meantime is we meet Him. And every time we meet Him, we are restored a little bit more. Psalm 23 says it beautifully in verse 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. That word refresh in Hebrew has a very powerful meaning. It means brings back to life. So every time you and I meet God, we come back to life. (laughs) There's a little mini resurrection that happens in our soul every time we meet God. So the most compelling need in the whole world today, there's a lot of needs. There's a lot of important needs. And I'm not going to gloss over any of those. But the most important one is this. You and I need to meet the living God. And when He breathes on us, when we meet with Him, man, life resurrects inside our soul. That's why during this time we have to be very careful to help people to meet God in devotions, to meet God in worship, to meet God in inner healing, to meet God in prayer. Look, we're not just trying to figure out how do we make a church run. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to figure out how do we facilitate a meeting with God for you and with you and God. That's why, um, for those of you who've been following us on Facebook, that's why during these, these nearly 13 weeks now we've been off, we've been off campus, we've been doing morning devotions every day. Every day. You know why? We've been waving a flag every day and say, hey, wait, 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 wait. The most important thing you're going to do today is meet God. So before you do anything else, meet Him. You know why? Because when you do... He's going to bring your soul back to life. 
And that's the answer. Imagine a church. I want you to imagine this for a minute. Imagine a church that people say, when I'm with those people, when I was with those people, I met God. Is there anything better that could ever be said about a church anywhere? Whether you're in a group, you're on a team, you're on a missions trip, you're on a retreat, you're here for a service, you're online, for wherever. If people could say about Kingwood Church, when I was with those people, I met God. Man, that's the whole purpose of the, of the church. Number two, we must help people find purpose. If you followed us um, in the last series called Hope Wins... We've been talking about, uh, from Ephesians 1, chapter 18, uh, verse 18, we've been talking about hope. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope, watch this, to which he has called you. I want you to, I want you to imagine these two words as bookends, hope and calling. Hope and calling are absolutely connected. Outside your relationship with Jesus... The most fulfilling thing that you'll ever have in your life is to know God's purpose for your life and to walk in it. And when you walk in it, you more fully experience hope. Because your hope and your calling are connected. So you and I this morning have two different identities. We have one identity as a Christian. As a true believer, we have a true identity, and it's the same for every one of us. We are sons or daughters of God. We also have a second identity that is unique, and that identity in part is shaped by the spiritual gifts that God gave you. God gave you unique spiritual gifts and a unique spiritual gift mixture that, that not a lot of people have. It's very unique. And so when you find those gifts... What Christ actually does is he's placed his power in those gifts. And when you use those gifts for his purposes, his power flows through you and touches other people. And so God, God has all kinds of gifts. I, I mean, I mean like, look, we got people running cameras this morning. Maybe there's the spiritual gift of camera running. I don't know. But I know this, there's some people that can't do it. So what does that mean? And there's some people, when they do it, it goes real well. And some of it's skill and can be learned, but some of it, some of it is actually, if here's what I'm convinced of, Christ has put inside his body everything needed to do what he called the body to do. So if he called us to do it, he put the gift inside for it to be done. Whatever you call the gift really doesn't matter. I know this, the most unfulfilled people that I've ever known are people who have no idea what their gifts are, they have no idea what God's purpose for their life is, and they're living for their own purpose. And the most fulfilled people I've ever met are the ones who know what their gifts are, they, they know what God's purpose for their life is, and they are living for His purposes. And His power is flowing through them. So we, we have a team of people this morning, as I said, Thursday night we were here with 45 people and they're all learning their gifts and using their gifts and dozens and dozens and dozens of other, others of you have already been using your gifts and it is absolutely uh, fulfilling to know the purpose God has put in you. So hope and calling are connected. Number three, 
We must live the belief that anyone can find Jesus. Now, what that means is this. Anyone means anyone. That means we've got to remove every barrier between the gospel and people. So I want to make a few comments that are particularly relevant uh, considering the, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, in today. So let me give you w- one real relevant example. So, so racism is a barrier to the gospel, right? Racism is a barrier to the gospel. Why? If you had to pick, what would you say? Do you think racism moves people closer to Jesus or further from Jesus? Well, it moves people away from Jesus. And so anything that moves people away from Jesus, we've got to reject and we've got to renounce. We've got to make a clear stand on this and say, if our vision is to be a a church, a movement of hope, where anyone can find Jesus, then anyone means anyone. And we've got to remove every barrier and every hindrance. Here's one thing. Let me just give you one truth. We don't have time to unpack the whole thing today. But but let let me give you one truth that will register with you. There is one person who is superior above all other people and his name is Jesus and he's perfect and he never sinned and he's never had an evil intent in his heart toward anyone and so all other people are equally lost and equally broken and equally dysfunctional and equally in need of a savior So there's one superior person. That's a truth that we've got to rest on. That's a truth we've got to stand on. I I made this statement in February, and I want to make it again. As a matter of fact, it was so important, I'm going to put it on the screen because I think the truth is more powerful today than it was a few months ago. If you don't like diversity, you're you're not going to like heaven, and if you don't like heaven, you're not going to like Kingwood. Come on, somebody right there. Isn't that right? We've got to remove every barrier. Every barrier. Another thing that we've done while we were not on campus is we took out a pew and made some handicap seating. We we are almost finished renovating our special needs ministry room for children. You know why? Because... If anyone can't come here and find Jesus, then we're not the church Jesus wants us to be yet. It's got to be anyone. It's got to be. One other barrier that we've all seen a lot of recently is uh, geographical. In other words, maybe I can't get to where you are. How can I access what you do? And online ministry has been... A beautiful opportunity for us in that way. So we've got to be able to say to people, if for some reason you can't be here at 9 or right now 11, we've got to be able to say more than, too bad you missed it. We've got to be able to say, there's a way for us to minister to you and reach you, even if you can't be here necessarily at the time that we're open online. Did you know, did you know that we have... Um, a family in Mobile, Alabama that watches our online service every week. They gather their family together in their house and they watch. This is, this is how they do church. There's a couple 
in California who's joined one of our virtual life groups. Last week I saw a comment online as we were uh, in service that uh, somebody posted, I'm watching from UAB. I don't know if they were a patient or employee. But either because, either because people can't come back yet because they don't feel safe or maybe because they've never been on our campus f- before because they don't know if, if they're part of our church yet or not. Well, we have a way to reach them if we're online. Did you know that we, we have had people from 48 different countries watch our church service online? 48 countries. I don't know how many countries there are, but that, that's a lot. That's a big percentage, right? I don't think it's half or anything crazy like that, but I mean, it's a lot. 48 countries. Last month in May, we averaged over 1,100 people watching our services online. And so online is something that we've got to continue to do. And in that same time period, in these 12 weeks, dozens and dozens of people have prayed to accept Jesus. We got to remove every barrier. We got to remove the time barrier. We got to remove the geography barrier. We got to remove every barrier, and we're doing our best to do it. We are now a multi site church. We have two sites the one on Industrial Road, you didn't know, that's, that's this one, and the one on the internet. We have two campuses, and we'll forever have more than one campus now. All right, here's the, here's the last thought we must empower everyone to take their next step. Here's the question I've got. Do you think that Kingwood Church has already done everything God wanted it to do? Eighty-something years ago, when a little group of people gathered to pray and the Holy Spirit moved on them to start a church, do you think whatever God had in mind on that day, all that's already happened? Or do you think God has more for us to do? If we haven't done everything else God has for us to do, then, there, then there's, more, there's more potential. What about you? Let me ask you a more personal question. Do you think that you've done everything God wants you to do? Do you think you've become everything God wants you to become? If you haven't, then you know what? You've got another step. We as a church have another step. At least one more, if not two more, or five more, or a hundred more. Until we fulfilled our potential. Until you fulfilled your potential. You haven't done everything. See, God has a plan for your life. It is for you to become something and for you to do something. He has a plan for our church, for our church to become something and for our church to do something. And until we've done that, we've got more steps. So as a church, our vision is more important than what happens here is to help you find what your next step is and take it. Galatians tells us how this happens, 525. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Keep in step with the Spirit. How can we as a church help you discern what the Holy Spirit's next step for you is and how can we empower you to take it? That's what our vision is as a church to answer that question. You've got potential. And we've got potential. And we want to reach it, but we have to do it one step at a time. Now look, I know this may seem like an odd time to be talking about potential. Maybe you feel sort of the way that I do a lot of of these days. Maybe you're tired. 
I feel tired. This has been brutal, hasn't it? I mean, I haven't been at Disney World in a condo. This has been, because they're closed, right? You know, this has been a lot, and it's not over. Maybe you feel tired, maybe you feel stressed. Maybe, maybe um, you feel lonely. Maybe you felt some tension in your relationships. Well, I'm going to tell you, locking people in their house, you know, week in and week out, that's not necessarily the best thing for relationships. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to get out, get away. It just, it just magnifies the issues we deal with. Maybe today your next step is getting a job because you lost your job. Maybe your next step is getting some rest. I mean deep, adequate rest. Maybe your next step is meeting God. Because if you were honest this morning, if you were honest with all of us, you'd have to say, you know, to be honest in this time, everything kind of got off and my relationship with God kind of drifted. And what you really, what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today is, just come meet me. Just come meet me again. Maybe you need to find the gifts that God put in you. Maybe you need to plant a seed of hope in someone else's life. I don't know what your next step is, but here's what I want you to know as a church, okay? We are absolutely going to go after the vision that God's given us with all our heart. But that does not mean that we're in a hurry. You want to know why? Because I don't think that by and large we're real clear on the damage that's been done to us mentally and emotionally and relationally and maybe even physically through all this craziness. Like, we've got some fences to mend. We've got some relationships to repair. Our nation needs healing in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. And so we can't just put our hand in your back and shove you through the future and say, we got to hurry. This is what God wants us to do. What good would it be for us to arrive at the point God wants us to arrive at, but you weren't with us? Because we pushed too hard. We just ran over you like a speed bump on the way there. What good would that be? You are, are who we're called to. <laughs> so, so I don't think the rest of 2020 is going to be normal. I don't think that means it's going to be like today. But I don't think it's going to be normal. We got a lot, a lot to unpack. So I just want you to know something. We're going to do everything we can to keep following the vision God's given us, but we want to do it in a way that honors people and gives you space to rest, to heal, to recover, and to thrive. Because ultimately, that's what God wants for you. He wants you to thrive, right? Well, I want to pray with you this morning, and uh, we're not going to have our prayer team come because, you know, that's against the rules right now, so... All, all the things, all the things. But I do want to pray for you, and I want to pray with you. And today, um, some of you, without a doubt, have needs of all kinds. So I want to ask you just to stand with me. And if you're online, I want to ask you this morning, if you would um, 
just move over to the comment section. And if you'll just put, I need prayer or I need hope, our prayer team is online uh, live right now. And um, they're ready to pray with you, and they'll absolutely pray with you as we're praying today. But we have a song we're going to sing in just a minute called The Blessing. And we chose to sing it today just as a gift to you, but we chose to sing it today because we believe it represents God's heart for us, that He wants to bless you and then bless people through you. But would you just close your eyes for a moment? And if you need prayer today, you need a job, you need peace, you need to meet God, you need healing in a relationship, there's a lot of needs. With every eye closed, would you just lift a hand and say, just pray for me today. I need prayer today. Just lift your hand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. More importantly, Jesus sees it. Lord, I pray for every person who lifted their hand, every person online right now who's listening. Lord, I I pray that you would just wrap your presence around us. God, I pray that you would begin to heal the damage that's been done. God, I pray that you'd minister peace where there's been chaos. And Lord, I pray that you would put love where there's been fear. And Lord, I pray today that your presence would literally surround us today. Bring provision where provision is needed. We look to you today and we pray it again. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Do what only you can do now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing this song with us.